Hi, and welcome to the Music Box Podcast, otherwise affectionately known as MBP, where we talk about all things Music Box, that is, the Music Box Theater in Chicago. On today's show, it's just a two-person show. We've got Steve Procopi and myself, and we will be talking about the Apocalypse Genre Film Festival, because honestly, it's going to take kind of take over our theater in a way that is going to be devastating to me. And our uh, lives, not just the theater, but our lives. <laughs> That's kind of what I was alluding to. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. So why don't we introduce ourselves? Go ahead, Steve. I'm Steve Procopi. I'm the chief film critic for Third Coast Review. I also occasionally do some bonus content for the Music Box Theater website and uh, also some stuff for Slash Film on occasion and just an all-around freelance kind of guy. And you program. You programmed part of Slash Film. That's true. That, I, that was, that's why I'm here because I help program this and we'll probably be doing a fair number of Q&As and introductions because I've seen a lot of the films. So. I was just going through the run of show and I just kept going back, okay, is this something I should put Steve on? Yeah, I should put Steve on this. Yeah, do it, man. Do it. That's, a, that's the funny thing is like we're like a few days away from the actual thing. I have no idea what I'm doing. So Sorry, Steve. Very <laughs> last okay. minute. But, but yeah, that's and how then, I work. And then I'm your host, uh, Ryan Ostrike, uh, general manager of Music Box. You probably gotten to know me a little bit through many many a podcast now but if this is your first podcast welcome that's uh, one of the few times you've introduced yourself without someone having to prompt you on this podcast i guess i'm getting better (laughs) okay oh man and and good count on that one steve um and other listeners (laughs) okay so what are we currently playing at the music box well we've got um we've got two films right now and we've got this movie called american animals uh which we've just decided to hold over through june 28th have you have you seen american animals played at the chicago Critics Film Festival. So yes, so I absolutely did. Yes, we love that movie. We love it quite a bit. It's a really funky mix of fiction, or not fiction, but recreation and doc, a little bit documentary, more more recreation. But the, the filmmaker has a history with uh, documentary, so he has found a way to incorporate his uh, his documentary past into this film. But it's a really cool heist movie where like the people doing the heist are dummies. Well, um, <laughs> so if you haven't seen it yet, this is Steve telling you, go see it. Oh, yeah. And we also have playing this really beautifully shot uh, film called Mountain, uh, which is about people who have a fascination and explore and climb mountains. And we've just decided for that one, too, hey, let's hold it over through June 28th. So we've got uh, Mountain and American Animals. Have you, have you seen Mountain? I did. I, I, I haven't seen it here, but I saw it ahead of the release, and it is a stunning film. Uh, about it's about our relationship with mountains. It, I mean, it, climbers, yes, but it's it's actually the text that's narrated by Willem Dafoe is from a, a memoir by a mountaineer, and he's kind of the guru of mountaineers, and he just has all these wonderful philosophies about people and their relationship to mountains and why we're drawn to them. And why we don't seem to mind being killed by them on occasion. So I think we mind, <laughs> but some people were willing to whisper. People it. walk right into it like they don't mind. So yeah, right. it's but it's, no, a, it's, but, a, it's uh, a beautiful, beautiful film. I, and I said in my review, see it on the biggest screen you possibly can because it will probably give you vertigo. <laughs> uh, I've had vertigo. It's terrifying. <laughs> yes. Well, so for, for, for Mountain, I do have to ask, because uh, I still haven't seen it. Sorry, listeners, just been too busy. Does Willem Dafoe work as a narrator? I mean, I don't know if I've ever see, heard him narrate a documentary before. I don't know if I have either. But, and you actually see a little glimpse of him getting ready to record record at the beginning. But yeah, it's, it's, like I said, it's not so much a narration as him reading the passages from this memoir. It's very good, though. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, just enough, it's just sinister enough to make you make the whole experience of watching the movie a little bit anxiety. <laughs> you know, it, starts, it brings out all the anxiety, partly because of his voice, partly because of the visuals, which are, you know, terrifying. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, no, it, it's great. And, and I don't know. I don't know if he's ever, he's done, I mean, he did voices in the, for Pixar before. Yeah, so, no, I, I just meant like more I, or less like, you know, he's like, he's telling the story, you know, it's his yeah. voice throughout, you know. Yeah, I yeah. I, that, I can't he's remember the, only the voice. last time, if ever, there was a time. That's what I'm trying to figure out. But I guess there's this thing called Google, and I'll just have to look <laughs> let's at assume it. It's the only time, you know. and this is your one and only chance to hear it happen. Okay. So well, it was one of the things that, that made me so, want to so watch come it. Out now. So yeah, for sure, I wanted to watch it partly because of that. Well, I just I'm, I love Willem Dafoe, so mm-hmm. you know he's he always surprises me. He's from Appleton, Wisconsin. He's a local. Yeah. Oh, Midwesterner. How about that? No, <laughs> upper Midwesterner. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's what's currently playing. Yeah, it's not much, right? What's going on? Well, you know, we've got this big festival coming up. So, you know, programming wise, we had to make room for it. So, you know, you can see one of those two movies right now, or you can see them next week, or you can see one of the 36 films. Now, 35 of those are features. The sixth, the 36th is a shorts block program. So that would be I guess I'd be seeing another 12 films that you could see. So you could see 45 films at the Cinepocalypse Genre 
Film Festival here at the Music Box Theater running this Thursday, June 21st through the following Thursday, June 28th. And, well, because Steve's a programmer, and I just found out Steve's seen more movies in this festival than I have, <laughs> we're going to talk about, we're going to break this thing down so that you kind of know, hey, you know, if I'm only coming and going or if I am going to buy a badge, what do I have to see on that day? We're going to break that thing down so that you get a really good understanding of how this is. But then, you know, when we're done talking about the movies, I think what we want to do is give you a little behind the scenes of how programming a film festival works. I mean, because we talked about programming last last week, and I thought, well, maybe we can go a little bit more in depth because Steve's programmed a film festival. Steve's been to a number of film festivals, myself as well, and we can go a little bit into that. So that's a little hint at what's coming. But let's let's jump into an apocalypse right now. So of course, we have one thing, just one thing on opening night. And what more do you need than this film, Steve? I mean, honestly. I haven't seen it, so I don't know, but I will be watching it. So Okay. Well, I try, believe me, I'm trying I'm trying to see everything, but uh there's certain I know why you haven't seen of. this. Is this the one that So this is Orion Pictures. This is the non disclosure agreement movie. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, you that's have why. to sign an NDA that's to see why. this movie. Nobody is seeing this movie yeah. before the big world premiere. And guess what? We have that world premiere here at Cinepocalypse. So Orion Pictures is coming back. You might know them from Robocop, you might know them from Bill and Ted's Extra Adventure, or all of the amazing independent dramas that they did from the 80s, 90s into the aughts. I don't know really when they kind of went away, but they're back. Teaming up with uh, MGM, getting their work out there. And uh, their first film that they came back with is a Kate Bosworth, Tyler Hoechlin film uh, directed by Mike Nelson, who will be in attendance. I don't know how else to put this, but this is like Mad Max meets The Purge. This is what The Domestics is. It is a survival thriller. It is a roller coaster of a ride. Basically, you know, it's post-apocalypse world and you kind of run into these characters and you just got to figure out what is this world and how, you know, how are they surviving in it and you know, what's this like? And it's really, really good. And opening night is going to be this film's world premiere. So it's the first time any public person in the world is going to see it, which is why you haven't seen it, Steve, which is crazy. I thought we could get at least the link to the programmers. <laughs> um, I didn't really pursue it that much. I'm fine, especially since it's the only movie playing that day. And I know I'm not doing a Q&A. I don't mind just showing up and watching it like everybody else and knowing very little about it. And we should mention, last year we had one world premiere in our in the first year here. This year we have, what is it, nine? Nine world premieres this year? Yeah, that's nine. That's quite a leap. It's uh, insane. And I think, it, I think it partly has to do, and we can talk a little bit more about this later, with the fact that we moved the dates of Cinepocalypse from November, beginning of November last year, to, to July. Oh, no, sorry, June this year. And I feel like we're getting sort of a jump on a lot of the, the genre festival circuit. And so a lot of these films might have premiered at Fantasia or Fantastic Fest, but we're first, so we get, get first crack at them. So, and so, yeah, going from one to nine. And the one last year, people loved it. So clearly, and they came out for it. So clearly people dig sort of getting ahead of the curve when it comes to genre stuff. So yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, the thinking with you know moving around the festival was also to find a time that wasn't as crazy for Chicago. Right. Because yeah. I mean, which is and tough. I know the summer can be crazy for Chicago yeah. because everybody wants to be outside enjoying the summer, and of course we do too. But by moving it into the summer, we're not going up against another film festival because there's just so many other film festivals because no film festivals are going to go in the summer because they don't want to go up against summer activities. And we also decided to do it when there was no Cubs games in town, which so is a for, tough thing to find. <laughs> yeah. I know. Find a week with no Cubs games in town, but when you find it, you program it. Mm -hmm. And so that helps us tremendously as well. And uh, so for opening night, we have this incredible, incredible film with the filmmaker in it, but we're also going to have an amazing after party. And that after party is going to be open to all the guests. So if you buy a ticket for the domestics, you get to come to the after party. And there is going to be a ton of fun things at the after party and some free things too. And the guy putting the after party together, his name is Drake. He's been on the podcast before. He is our lounge and garden manager. Hi, Drake. Hi, how you doing? You may remember me from the incredibly well-received episode two of the podcast. I'm glad to be back. I'm. Uh, Everybody remembers you, Drake. I'm a little that I, this is the first time I've made, made a return journey, but uh, it's good to, good to, well, I guess I would say see you guys, but it's podcast land, so what, talk to you guys? Yeah, talk to you. Beautiful. You see us? <laughs> Thank you, Steve. So, yeah, so as Ryan mentioned, we're doing this, this opening night party for Sin Apocalypse. It's something I'm very excited about. We've got some really great vendors that we're working with. We've got uh, complimentary beer and spirits for all the ticket holders, which, you know, that's, that's the nice thing is, you know, when you, when you hear that there's going to be free beer, there's going to be free drinks, I think that's plenty to bring people out to a party, but it's, it's going to be what, what we program for our vendors and for our special events that kind of make people stick around. So for our drinks, we're going to have uh, drinks sponsored by people like Hendrix Gin, uh, Chereau Ala Liqueur, Snow Leopard Vodka, Shackleton Blended 
Scotch, as well as Highland Park Magnus Single Malt Scotch. We're also going to have some beers from the likes of Hay- or Haymarket, Founders, Goose Island, Collective Arts. Some really great places that we're working with and we're really excited about. Our vendors that we're working with for this one, so Bucket of Blood Books and Records is going to be coming and doing a DJ set of thrash metal and punk in our lounge, as well as having a table available with some knickknacks, as well as, you know, some books, some records, stuff like that. Sideshow Gallery, which is a curio shop, and also Art Gallery will be there as well, as well as Quimby's Bookstore. We're going to have some art by some of Chicago's most face-meltingly metal artists. We've got Jonathan LaMancha, Princeploitation slash Hate Baby Comics, Eric Rott, Matt Carr, who was behind Putrid Gore. We also have food coming up. It's going to be from our friends at Taco in a Bag. You guys may have remembered them if you've been to our 24-hour horror film festival, Music Box of Horrors. And uh, yeah, there's also going to be a yet unannounced uh, secret screening, which we're very excited about. We can't, It's going to be... No, 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 no. By the time this podcast comes... Sorry to interrupt you. By, by the time <laughs> they have the podcast in their feed, it will be announced. So, okay. So if you're hearing this right now... You know something we don't know yet. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which is very um, impressive, though, especially considering that this is, you know, a podcast. But yeah, yet unannounced, we will. You guys will know it before we do. But uh, it's going to be a secret screening drinking game in Theater One. On top of that, it's just going to be like we're we're going to have some really great decorations up. It's going to be a really great time. So we're really excited to have you guys out here for this one, just to kick off some apocalypse. Correct. All right. Well, Drake, I can't wait for your party. I'll be there. I hope some of our listeners will too. I can't wait to throw it, and I'm excited to see all you guys there. All right. Thank you, Drake. Um, All I heard was taco in a bag. I'm sorry. What was the rest of that? Taco in a bag. (laughs) There's so much more than taco in a bag. So also we have a full day. So that's just Thursday. One film. Then we jump into a full day of screenings. Steve, what are you excited about that's playing on Friday, June 22nd here at the festival? There's a couple things on on Friday. Uh, I think the first film of the day uh, at 1230 is Satan Slaves which is from some other country. Hold on. It's, uh, it's from, it's from Indonesia. Indonesia. Okay, right. So this is a terrifying movie. In fact, this probably is the scariest movie I've seen of all the ones we've programmed. It's not a country necessarily we think of as being a place where a lot of horror comes out of. So it's real interesting to find out what different countries find scary. And sometimes it's things we never even think of. And that makes it even more terrifying to a degree. So that's that's a really good one. That's the kicks off the day. There is an interesting. There's a film. I think sort of the big headliner of the evening is a is a sci-fi film or a film that's going to be on sci-fi. This is a world premiere, though. A film oh no, called, no, no. So, oh, so sorry. Sci-fi as the genre, and then there's sci-fi the channel. I'm sorry. I mean sci- both, but it's on. <laughs> it's going to be on sci-fi channel eventually. We're getting. I believe it's a world premiere. Oh, of, it is the world of, premiere of a film called Hover. It is. It's basically why we should be scared of drones. Yeah. It's set like oh, not yeah. that far into the future. It's uh, and it's you should re- be scared of drones, listeners. Oh yeah, no, any anything. You any, don't any, need this film to scare you, but if you want to really be scared, we can scare you with this movie hover. Yeah, it is uh, written by. Hold on. Written by Cleopatra Coleman, who's also the star of the film. She was on the show Last Man on Earth, which has now been canceled, but she's still going to be here. Oh, yeah. she come, she's coming. So Cleopatra's going to be here. And I believe and, the director. And the director. Yeah. So it's going to be Cleo and the director and you doing the Q&A. That's, this is news. You're hearing it first, as am I. No, but the, it's, a, uh, it's just a really cool, slick kind of, it's not set that far in the future. And it, it just—you've seen it, or you have not seen it? Yeah, yeah it's it's grim, like it's really grim, and yeah, it's grim. Uh, and but it's it's also kind of cool, and I think the way that they sort of handle the drone thing is is just deviant. And you're gonna be the first to see it before like anybody else in the world for like a month. I think it doesn't doesn't hit anything until like I think they're gonna do some theatrical and some some sci-fi premiere date at some yeah. point. But it's gonna be a while. And then the last one I had down, and this is one that I remember, Josh, our our co-conspirator, our, our the our the artistic director. Director of, the of it, yeah. Who uh, Josh Goldblum? He told me about this movie, and I'm just like, I'm never gonna watch that. I don't. That sounds dumb. And then I saw it. Like I was looking at things that I I could watch, you know, ahead of this podcast, and I saw the Cop Baby. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna watch it. It's a Russian film about a guy, like a grizzled detective, that switches bodies with an infant. And it's like a CG baby who talks and curses and does all these terrible things. 
like and it's like, it's like a detective who's like in his 50s who's like drinking and smoking and Russian wood. yeah and Russian, above yeah. all other things Russian and it is it's not even I wouldn't even say they play it for laughs but it's I mean obviously it's hilarious oh, no, no, they, they're, they're but serious. it's dead serious yeah like yeah. it's really and I think that's what saves it because it's not trying to be funny and it's it just I don't know I, it is funny it works I mean, well you can't help but be funny but they're not making jokes they're not like doing silly things to make us laugh they're just playing it straight and that makes it even funnier and that's that's always that's always like a good way to do comedy I think is to just play it straight and and let the ridiculousness of the situation take over but I gotta say take a chance on Cop Baby I believe it's uh, one of the two midnight movies that yeah, night yeah it's uh, Friday at 11.45pm and then there's a, a secondary screening of it if you can't make it at 9.30 on Monday and I do agree with Steve <laughs> it is a film you have to take a chance on it's kind of silly well not silly but it turns out to be silly that's the thing with this festival that we, we love about it is we would like to surprise you with things um, and this is a surprise I never thought and I'd see I, this movie, I definitely yeah. said the same thing to Josh like I'm not gonna watch that he goes just watch it so I did it's fun his, his enthusiasm and passion for it sold me. Me too. So, yeah, me so there too. you go. Also, I would recommend if you do imbibe any alcohol, definitely have a drink before that one. Okay, the uh, the ones I'm super excited about on Friday are the world premiere of Await Further Instructions, which is um, just a really messed up, dark, set in the Christmas time, uh, sort of almost like Black Mirror types. Uh, I, saw, I did see that one, actually. You did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I actually really liked that, yeah. yeah. I just watched that over the weekend, and it's... Uh, it's just nice. It's like a Twilight, the Great Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Just you, now, now people call it Black Mirror, yeah, but, right. but, but but I mean Twilight Zone, Outer Limits, those yeah, types yeah. of shows. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just like a, it's sort of a one, and I say this in the, in, I just mean it's like a one note. Like there's one thing that happens that sort of just changes the dynamic, and it just everything snowballs from there, and just all in the confines of this one little house in Britain somewhere, and uh, during Christmas, it's Christmas. Eve, Christmas Day, yep. and uh, it just, this this family gets stuck together, and they don't really like each other that much, <laughs> and this just makes things worse, and And oh, then the man. TV just tells them what to do. Yeah. Right? It's just, yeah. it's crazy. So, and then, if you're coming to that one, you have to stay after, because, well, not only is, uh, this is a world premiere, so the, the distribution company, or the production company, Dark Sky Films, is bringing out a bunch of the cast and crew, but they're going to throw an after party, a Christmas-themed after party, <laughs> here in the lounge, where we're recording right now. And so they're gonna, we're going to deck out the lounge and Christmas stuff, and then we're going to have, like, stupid Christmas drinks, We're gonna and Dark Sky is going to provide a bunch of food and some other complimentary drinks as well, and you'll be able to chit-chat with the, the filmmakers and Dark Sky, who makes movies, and it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. So that's Friday night. That's your party for Friday night, by the way. And also my recommendation for your Friday. Otherwise, you can see some of what Steve was talking about with like Hover and Cop Baby. And there are a lot of other films on Friday. So if you wanted to make a full day of it and see like five films, do it. I recommend it. It's going to be a great day for movies here at at the at Cinepocalypse. Let's talk about Saturday because Saturday's in. It's going to take the a little place, while. Too. Yeah. You're right. It's really all <laughs> over the place. Saturday, you could see, there's a chance if you wanted to, you could see six films on Saturday. It, it, the schedule works out that way. And if not, you could see the ones that we really recommend. So, Steve, what are your picks for Saturday? I'll let you talk about Dr. X because you guys, you know more about that than I am. I've been trying to see some of the Michael Curtiz films that have been playing here. So, that's, I will definitely be there for that. But actually, I just, again, I just watched this over the weekend the Bill Murray stories, which is one of, of two really great documentaries that are playing. I think it's just two that are playing it's an apocalypse and it's i mean it's just like what it sounds and and it's carried off beautifully and it's it's handled really well it's this filmmaker who became obsessed with these stories that people would hear about bill murray just showing up in random places literally all over the world in some cases and not where he was working and not just in chicago but like all over the place and he wanted he sort of goes through what he thinks are largely urban legends and finds out and goes digging and tries to find the people that originated the story and gets the real story and he finds, you know, all the evidence that there is of it. And, and turns out that most of them, if not all of them are true stories. And so he makes it sort of his mission to find Bill Murray and have a moment like that, which kind of defeats the purpose actually, now that I think about it. (laughs) Um, And actually I just, as I was watching it, a really good friend of mine who used to write for the Sun Times, a guy named Mike Thomas, who wrote a oral history of second city is actually interviewed in the film which I didn't know, but I, but he, he, I know he's coming out to see the film because he hasn't actually, I just said, hey, dude, you're in this movie. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe that's finally coming out. So yeah, I know he'll be here for that. And uh, but, the director, Tommy Avalon, yes, will also be in yes, attendance. For right, which is what he, yeah, who he found out from uh, actually about the movie playing here. But so yes, Tommy will be here. So that's that's at the sort of top of my list for that that so particular that's, day. That's three thirty on Saturday. What yeah. else you got on Saturday? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm super excited about these, uh, these uh, rep screenings, uh, we've got one of the 
to Ernest Dickerson because uh, we're giving him a Lifetime Achievement Award and he's playing one of his films, The Tales from the Crypt Demon Night uh, at five o'clock. And then, and I'll just say the next, the next day at 2.15, we're playing uh, his first feature, Juice. I and mean, he's a cinematographer who most people know from his work with Spike Lee. And lately he's been doing a lot of television, a lot of Walking Dead and, and just a ton of really great TV. But he, you know, he's a great filmmaker. And so we're going to have him here for a couple days and we're going to give him this award and play these two screenings, which I'm, I'm glad one of them, like Juice is a great, just a landmark film in, in terms of hip hop related movies, Tupac Shakur, one of his first movies, but Demon Knight is a cool ass horror film. So Demon Knight is so much fun. Either, yeah, either one of those is a great choice. Both of them are a better choice. And both of them are very different. Remember that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. listeners, if you only are going to choose one, yeah. uh, especially if you don't like horror. And then back to Saturday, right after the Demon Knight screening is the Judgment night screening with the director this i know this is josh's like passion project this year he has been working on this for like nine months but he would say for like nine years because he's just always waited for an excuse to play it and now he's got one and the director stephen hopkins is going to be here it's shot in chicago I Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooding Jr., Dennis Leary, Stephen Dorff, Jeremy Piven. Uh, the yeah. cast is great. Yeah, um, it's it's a wild ride, and the soundtrack, the soundtrack. That's what I remember most still about it. Kills. It it's really it's a does. great like hard rock, heavy metal soundtrack, and and hip hop. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So it's, it's that's me. It was like it was an incredible blend of all these artists. And actually, if I remember correctly, the and I know I have it. The the soundtrack that they kind of try to pick like an, a a rock artist with a hip hop artist on a single track, like each one. One of the tracks is like kind of a combination of the two. So, and that's, I believe it's a 25th anniversary. Uh, yeah, 25th, 25th, 1993. So, yeah. So, so that's going to be special because that thing never gets shown. And with Hopkins in attendance, is going to be 35 amazing. 35 print, I assume? Uh, sadly, it's going to be digital. Oh, okay. okay. Um, let me tell you, if you can find a 35 millimeter <laughs> print, I will go out of my the way. The Dickerson films are 35, yeah, though, they're right? All they're both 35. 35 right. But so. for some reason, this print is just uh, mysterious. Okay. Um, but I hunted. I hunted far and wide. Something I really like and want to tell everybody about is Boogeyman Pop. This film is just so much fun. It's like a little trip tech of stories, all with like, you know, notable, or like the themes of like, kind of like notable um, sort of horror villains, monsters, you know, um, but it is so, it's just so exciting. Um, and it's like this small budget, like what, it, where, where did this little film come from? Where did this filmmaker come from? <laughs> but he pulls it off and it's really entertaining and it's got great elements of horror. It's got great elements of punk. It's just got great music and it's the world premiere. So one, that's amazing. It's produced by Blumhouse, so you know that there's some quality there if you don't if you don't trust me. <laughs> and I think everybody's coming out for it. There's like fifty I've got like a list of like fifteen people from this movie who are all coming, which I just I'm like I'm so heartened by the level of enthusiasm from the cast and crew that they're all coming out for this movie. And then I guess the other thing you asked me to talk about, Oh, well, Steve, actually, was... real quick about, about Boogeyman Pop, which I have not seen, but I'm actually peak my interest was peaked about this one. Because Chris Weiss wrote the screenplay, and he's like a legit Hollywood screenwriter who's written some great comedies and dramas over these. I think I interviewed him a couple times. And yeah, I mean, he, he did Star Wars, Rogue, Rogue One. We did Rogue One as the most recent one, yeah. But I mean, he's he's done more conventional dramas and and comedies in the past, and. So yeah, I'm like, wow, how how did like I can't imagine what this is even I haven't read anything about it. I don't know anything about the story. So I'm super excited to sort of watch it cold. Oh, and, you're gonna love and, it. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. with that audience. And oh yeah, I forget the other thing I've, I loved about this and I didn't know I didn't realize when I was watching it, but it's James Paxton, who's Bill Paxton's son. Right. And this is his first starring role. Wow. And like I I loved Bill Paxton, you know, R.I.P. And I'm super excited to have James here. I'm very excited to to help his career sort of kind of take off from mm -hmm. here. I hope it does. And I'm I'm just stoked to talk to the guy. He seems amazing. I started following him on social media, you know, as you do sometimes in, in this modern world. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, that's uh, Saturday at ten fifteen. Um, the other thing I think you were interested in was Doctor X, yeah. which is just um, you know what, Doctor X. You just got to see it. Maybe not. <laughs> I, can I just read the synopsis? Because it's written by Kenneth Anger, who, if you have not read Hollywood Babylon, I really recommend finding a copy of that and reading it. But I just love what Kenneth Anger wrote. So I'm just going to read this real quick because, honestly, it's great. And this is a rare 35 screening. You cannot find this normally. But here, here we go. The great granddaddy of body horror movies. Dr. X is a 1932 genre mashup of 
up that may as well have been grafted together on an operating table with a healthy dollop of synthetic flesh. Simultaneously, a gruesome moonlight murder mystery and a saucy pre-code newspaper comedy, Dr. S was photographed in the two-strip Technicolor process, which renders the, ro- the morgue visits and grisly medical experiments in an eerily unreal color palette. Starring Fay Ray of King Kong and Lionel Atwell of Mystery of the Wax Museum, there is something for everyone in this picture. Cannibalism, dismemberment, rape, and necrophilia, and a piquant kinky bonus when at will displays erotic arousal at the sight of preston foster unscrewing his artificial arm wow (laughs) if you don't have an interest in seeing it after that that's okay this film is definitely not for you but i think for the rest of us who who are interests we're just peaked i think the one thing you didn't mention is all of that but it's 1932 it's a 1932 film because if you hear that's a 70s movie it's like yeah whatever 80s movie yeah whatever 1932 but (laughs) pre-code pre-code oh yeah yeah. so like you can't get away with that stuff after (laughs) the code comes through which we'll have to have a subject of a segment of our podcast about that in the future Um, because code is very interesting pre-code and post-code hollywood let's jump into sunday june 24th we already touched on Juice, which, honestly, Ernest Dickerson is an amazing human being, incredible filmmaker. I think you should come out for it if you, if you can. I highly recommend it. It'll be a special afternoon. Sadly, he's not as recognized as he should be, and so I'm just excited to give him which this award. Which day are, we, are they actually giving him the award? On Sunday. On Sunday, okay. For Juice, because he co-wrote Juice. I mean, Juice right. was his passion project. Right, right. I you rem- know, he had I been remember- doing all that cinematography, and he yeah. was just building up to his first directorial film, and then he did Juice, and it was like, wow, this guy's arrived. Yeah. I, um, I remember first hearing about Juice from... Uh, Roger Ebert's review, like that yeah, was it was like go. a three star review. Yeah, but I remember him sort of feeling getting very excited about Dickerson sort of making this transition. He was a big Spike Lee fan, so right. he knew who he was, and, and yeah, it was a great debut. So let's jump into what is going on Sunday, June twenty fourth. What do you got that you want to talk about, Steve? Uh, the other documentary, Wolfman's Got Nards, which it's funny because I don't, I don't, I don't really know that. I, I know one guy who is so into the Monster Squad. That uh, it's a documentary. It's about a document- the making it's and not, life of the movie. Monster it's sort of Squad. the entire, yeah, like the the sort of making of the release, the instant death at the box office, and then this sort of rebirth in the last couple years. But the guy who sort of was responsible for bringing it back to life was a guy I used to work with named Eric Vespi. We used to work at Ain't It Cool together, and and he just arranged this screening at the original Alamo Draft House. And that sort of, and the, the way that that thing sold out, and then they added a screening, and that sold out, and that just kickstarted everything because nobody had a, any idea that people were this in love with this movie. And so, and he's in the movie, he's in the documentary, but it's just a great array of very famous people and just fans and lots of screenwriters, and I mean Shane Black wrote it so yeah, Fred, Decker's uh, uh, Fred Decker it. the director but this movie kind of destroyed him in a lot of ways destroyed his career in a lot of ways uh, for many many years and so he probably has some of the most interesting interview pieces in this yeah but it's a really really interesting film and I'm not one of those devotees like I am not, I'm not either I have nope. a copy I've seen it I like it enough but and I get the appeal um, especially to younger people but but man this movie sort of sells you on on it on like a deeply <laughs> personal level. So, so so if you are a fan of Monster Squad, go see Wolf. Without a doubt. Nards. But you know what? You probably already know. So I'm just preaching yeah. to the choir for the for the few listeners out there. Uh, it's who, at eleven forty five AM is the first show of the day. And, uh, and and Andre, the director, will be in attendance. Oh, that's as cool. well as the producer Henry McComas. That's cool. So for for fans, we're going to have those guys in attendance. They're going to be talking about the movie. That's awesome. And then one of the other world premieres that day is Empathy Inc., which uh, which you threw at me. It's a, it's a true discovery. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Uh, it, it's a it's a cool. It has to do mostly about with VR, extreme VR, and this idea that these really rich people will get this VR experience that puts them in the in the body of a less fortunate person, with the goal being that they will have much more empathy in their lives toward people who are less fortunate than them. But of course, there's actually an, also a sinister reason for this technology. Uh, that the film digs into. So, and again, not set that far in the future, but it, it definitely is science fiction. And yeah, I, I was, I, I, I kind of dug this movie quite a bit. So yeah, so that one I would, I would recommend. I don't know who's, if anyone's coming out for that. Uh, yeah, we're going to okay. have the uh, writer, the director, and the producer. Okay. It's going to be, uh, cool. yeah, we're going to have all the, all the three mains. And it, I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to that conversation because again, for me, when you find a little indie film that's really well done and you, it's like a discovery and you're saying to yourself, 
can only see this at film festivals and then the people are there and you have that conversation i mean that's why i do some of the work i do with, yeah. when it comes to film festival yeah there's nothing there's nothing like introducing someone to something they've never heard of and having it be like one of their favorite things um that's at five o'clock on sunday and then the other thing that's happening that day and it really if i was struck down today with a fatal disease i would make sure i live long enough to go to this but it's the first ever live recording of the 80s all over podcast co-hosted by two of my very longtime friends, one of which I, I work with at Ain't It Cool for many years and one I've just known forever, uh, Drew McWeeny and Scott Weinberg. They have just tapped into this very simple formula on their podcast of going month by month through the entire 80s and talking and reviewing and remembering every single film that was released in a, in a given month, and and they're right now somewhere in August the summer of eighty three. Nineteen eighty three. I have it in my podcast feed right now, waiting okay. to listen to the day. So that they're the, working on September currently. Well, they probably already recorded because the day that they do this recording, this is this is a special one. This is not one of the regular episodes. This is going to be one of their bonus episodes, I assume, with Jonah Ray from Mystery Science Theater three thousand. But the, that night, the, the September. September '83 edition should okay. come out because they go. always put it out. They always put it out on Sunday nights. So, so, so anyway, this is uh, unique because one, they never do live ones. Two, they never even been in the same room. They have. They have oh, once they have. before. Once, once before, before. So but just time. happened. Yeah. But I'm okay. just saying they. So they have been together. But this is the first time they've actually met in a in a neutral location that wasn't you know L A. Drew lives LA in L A. Or, LA Philly. or Philadelphia, and Scott's in Philadelphia. So this is the first time they've actually come together in the middle and done a live show. And man, I'm just could not when when Josh told me this was happening. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This because it's just yeah. And I know a lot of people that I've turned on to this podcast that are going to be at that. Uh, me, yeah, uh, you got me on that. And so and but and and, and I, we should mention it's going to be actually not at the Music Box. Nope, it's at the G. Man Tavern. Which is where a lot of after parties are going to be, apparently. Yeah, we're going to have a bunch of random after parties there. They're going to be programming like cool like DJs and um, bands and just kind of fun shenanigans after yeah, movies that kind of fit with the, the films. And we're going to be getting those up on the web, on each of the web pages and just putting them out on our social feed. So if you want to like just keep hanging out and partying after the films, G-Man's going to be hosting a lot of that. More information to come soon of that. And like, I believe after that recording... They're going to have an 80s dance party. Well, no, they're also... Go but aren't they no, no, doing I'm that? sorry. Yeah. You're right. We have we can't get to the dance party until we have a Mystery Science Theater 3000 style right. riff track right. of Gleaming, Gleaming the, Cube. the Cube. Right. Yes. Uh, with Christian starring Christian Slater, 1989 skateboarding piece of crap. Um, and it's, um, yeah, it's a it's, it's a, not a good movie. So Jonah and Scott and Drew will be uh, riffing to that uh, right after the recording. Have a lot of fun. And that, uh, so everything starts at. I don't know what time. So seven, seven thirty. Uh, seven. Seven o'clock okay. uh, is the podcast time, and then after that, there'll be a little break, and then they're going to go into Gleaming the Cube. You can get tickets for the whole thing at the G Man Tavern website, and then uh, and then when that ends up, it'll be open to the public for an '80s dance party, right? And that will align with a movie called Summer of '84, which is an '80s piece or time period of a serial killer kind of movie which I do recommend if you're not in the podcast. Let's jump to Monday. Yep. So that was the weekend. By the way, yeah. if you like the weekend I'm and just want to come on the weekend, you can get a <laughs> four-day festival pass and see as much as you want on the weekend. But if you want to make a whole week of it, well, let's talk about the rest of the week. So Monday, June 25th, Steve, what are you excited to see? Uh, well, there's a couple encore presentations that day, but actually a largely <laughs> encore. But is really is there anything else playing besides Howard the Duck? And is that really? Yeah. And I literally oh, just walked. Okay. I literally you just walked. I literally just mine. walked past the the reels for Howard the seventy millimeter Howard the Duck, and and uh, got very excited. I mean, I don't like this movie very much. <laughs> I don't care. It's in 70 Why millimeter. Are you it's in 70 millimeter. And honestly, it's one of the first like Marvel comic books that ever got made into a movie by no no less than George Lucas. So there all of the pieces were there for this to be great and it's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so not good. Uh, good. And yet I it's probably going to be one of the top selling things for this festival. It's going to so, have a huge audience yeah, because yeah, yeah. honestly 70s is a way to see a movie. I agree. And I, I love seeing with that crowd because everybody's so into it. Yeah. And I um, hope the but print you know is what? beaten I, up and... Uh, it's going to be a little beaten up. <laughs> I hope it's so. not going to be pink or anything, but it's going to be a beaten Because I think somebody probably literally punched the print because they hated this movie so much. <laughs> well, they punched the can. I saw yeah. a dent in it. Um, <laughs> okay. And by the way, 70 millimeter cans are huge and heavy and they're steel. And so, yeah, they're, they're intense. 
But the thing you're missing on Monday, and I know that there's all the repeat stuff, so stuff we've already talked about, is The Captain. This is a Music Box Films release, and and I don't know if you call it a genre film. Maybe it's like a World War II drama, uh, but to me it's genre because it's so insane. It's a story, it's a true, based on a true story, or actual events, right? You know, we can't say every piece of dialogue mm-hmm. is true. There's some dramatization. A German soldier who got a hold of a captain's uniform and actually went out of his way to become, embody the captain and started doing some really crazy stuff. I mean, crazy shit. And people followed and wanted to follow. And it's, in, it's insane. I mean, it's not, doesn't look like make German people look good by any means. German on German crime here. And it's wild. This film is going to surprise you. If you stick through it till the end, it, you'll realize it's very punk. And it's dark. It's a, I would call this like a black comedy. Because like there are times where I laughed out loud, just like the insanity of, of what's happening in this film. So I wanted this to place an apocalypse because I knew we were going to have it because it's Musebox Films and we'll probably release it here at the theater. But you got to see The Captain. If, if, if you can come on Monday afternoon at 2.30, come see The Captain. I highly recommend it. It's one of the films on the festivals that, that it's like Cop Baby. It's going to surprise you but for all the other reasons. But the idea, the idea is that it becomes sort of a microcosm this little community where this guy kind of takes over, it becomes like a microcosm for what happened in German society during Nazism anyway. They just started following the guy in charge yes. and like following orders and, and just let things get out of control. And yeah, I mean, the metaphor is, is, is oh, clear, but it, man, is day. it, yeah, it's dark. <laughs> so it's, 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 if ever there was an evil movie, yes, this, this, is, is, evil, this is evil, but it's, it's an interesting evil. So, and this is, can you consider this a preview screening? Cause it's actually going to open is. here yeah, it'll eventually open in, yeah. uh, in August. Um, yeah. okay. Let's jump to Tuesday, June 26th. What do you, what are your, have to sees, must sees. The only, well, okay, the one, the one that I've seen on this particular day, actually, I've only seen two of them, um, but I just watched it before I came over here was Luciferina, which is a North American premiere of an Argentine film. And it is, I said before that Satan's Slaves is probably the scariest movie that I've seen. This is probably my favorite of the, all the films. It is also very scary and shocking. Uh, shocking, without a doubt. I don't even want to say why. I don't want to ruin that surprise. But it's about a, a young sort of nun in training who has some family issues back home. Her mother dies and she has to go home and she gets wrapped up in all this stuff with her father and her sister. And it's she starts to realize as the film goes on that that her family was involved in the occult even before she was born and uh, and definitely when she was born. And and it just leads down this path. And it turns out she even has some like weird powers and and there's ayahuasca drinking and it's it, it, but there's also like some really terrifying, it, you know, it's part Rosemary's Baby, it's part Exorcist, but it's it's really well done, uh, and it has an ending. The last twenty minutes or so are so out there and so shocking and unexpected that um, this movie just has it all, and it's shot really beautifully. Like it's oh just, yes, these yeah. gorgeous locations, some very sinister, some just beautiful. But yeah, the the director, uh, you know, I commend him for for just making a beautiful film. But he's also made like a really well thought out, scary, just a thoroughly good movie. So, so I'm just going to throw out one more on Tuesday. That's a must see from my bag. It's called Gags, and I, <laughs> I said bag to Gags. All right, Gags is amazing. It's so much fun because the publicity stunt around it is just that good. There was that story back in the months ago about these clowns that would just appear and like scare the crap out of people but they wouldn't do anything and then that like a nationwide thing and they were like copycats but these people who made gags did that on purpose because they wanted to use the footage to show the real movie which is about this random clown called gags that would just show up and havoc would, would rain and it's good it's scary it is found footage but it's not like overly like shaky cam and that in that kind of sense um i really liked it everybody and their mother from that film is gonna be here so you get have all this interaction it is a world premiere highly recommend gags it's you're just gonna have a lot of fun with this movie it's tuesday night at 9 30 on june 26th so let's jump ahead to wednesday because steve i know yeah. we're counting down the time for you so what is a must see for you on wednesday june 27th i mean bound bound yes. uh, with lana wachowski uh this is the Wachowski's first film. Yeah, they back just in 1996. Killed it right out of the gate with this sort of lesbian noir thing with Gina Gershon and Meg, Meg Tilly? Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, Jennifer, Jennifer Tilly. Tilly. And 
uh, yeah, I, I mean, it just they just shot it, shot got shot out of a cannon of these of like great movies, and then they went on to make the Matrix movies and Speed Racer and uh, Cloud Atlas, Cloud Atlas, and Jupiter, and Jupiter Ascending, Ascending. So and like most recently, um, the Sense Eight uh, series, show. yeah. Um, and and Lana has a long history with the music box, so it's just it's nice that she can come out here and just be a part of this crazy festival. Honestly, <laughs> if there's one discussion where you can't predict where it's going to go, it's yeah. that conversation. And Lana is so inc- you just want to hear Lana talk about movies, right? Because yeah. she's so intelligent and she understands so much, and like the story she will tell and the way she will talk about films. I'm moderating that conversation, and honestly, I don't know how much moderation I will do other than just having <laughs> listening to Lana talk about movies because it's going to be amazing. So that's a special screening, and, and this is her personal print, her 35 oh, millimeter wow. print. Yeah, we got it from her archive, so it's going to look great. Yeah, um, I think and, so. And I uh, honestly, I don't think I've ever heard either of the Wachowskis talk about this movie because everyone always wants to ask them about the Matrix and everything yep. else. Matrix but, dominates the conversation with. But them. this film is like this was the jumping off point, and and, and it really they could have gone in any direction from this film they ended up going mostly into like sci-fi and very big visual things but this is a very intimate film it's a love story it's a crime story and it's a, an impressive debut and I'm, I'm dying to hear her talk about about what it was like making this movie this yeah, like little indie 20 thing yeah. some years later yeah uh, all right let's uh what else is on wednesday that i want to oh I, I should make a shout out on wednesday Afterbound is the world premiere of this great sort of scary period piece back to like medieval times and like a and a convent, you know, not a convent, a monastery. Monastery, right? Um, it's called the Appearance. It's scary. It's eerie. It's a good period piece in terms of the, the direction and the set design. But <laughs> hey, Game of Thrones fans, I'm talking to you. If you are like me and love yourself a little bit of Hodor, well, <laughs> guess what? Hodor is not Hodor, but it's Christian Nair, the actor who plays Hodor. He is in the Appearance. He's great. You love him in this. In this. I mean, the famous DJ. Uh, he's also a famous <laughs> DJ. I had no idea. I know. Did you know he was a famous? DJ? Not until we started talking about this movie. Okay. No. Okay. All right. All right. Fans of, of Game of Thrones and Hodor, if you didn't know, you need to Google Christian Nair and Christian with a K because this man is a big time DJ. Which I guess I should be more aware of these types of things. I'm just not. So uh, I would go to a DJ set if he was doing it, uh, just because it sounds cool. Uh, and I guess he's really into DJ. I think he might like it more than acting. Hmm. But let's jump to the closing day, Thursday, June 28th. Steve, what are you excited about? Well, see? other than the second screening of Luciferina at 930, uh, the only other one of these films that I've seen, I believe, is is we're doing this 30th anniversary screening of Killer Clowns from Outer Space uh, with the filmmakers here. All three Kyoto brothers. Yeah, all of them, which I guess is sort of a rarity to get them all to come out. But yep. um, I honestly haven't revisited this film in a while, but I always liked it. I think mainly because I thought the the kills in it were so clever and funny and sort of better than average. I think the whole film is better than the title maybe leads you to believe. If you haven't seen the film, honestly, give it a shot because I feel like a lot of people who discover this film are like, oh, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, I, I, I'm dying to see the film again. It's going to be on 35. Yes. Kyoto Brothers are going to be here, and we have some surprises that they're putting together for fans. Oh, nice. And I promise you, if you want to come out to this, I can't, I don't want to spoil what they're going to do because it's going to be a lot of fun, but they have some antics up their sleeve about this. And then, of course, if you come, closing night films, closing night party, right. it's going to be down at Diagostino's, which is just a half a block south on Southport, who will be providing some free food, free alcohol, and just a lot of fun. And I know the Kyotos are going to come down and a lot of other uh, filmmakers who are still in town will be there, including our jury president, Scott Derrickson, hanging out. He's going to be here like all week because he's just a big film fan. Um, and his, so, his writing partner, uh, Robert Cargill, is also a co-jury president. Another guy used to write with it, Ain't It Cool News? So that's, yeah, that's wow. a recurring theme on this show. Um, um, but the other thing I just want to mention on Thursday, and I know you haven't seen it, Steve. I, yeah. I haven't seen it either, but uh, Josh saw it, and he gave me a pretty good rundown of it. But Secret Papo, Papo. Um, yes. is a film that is locally made in Chicago about a really well-known Chicago architect uh, named Lick, Nick Lucchetti. Um, and it's part documentary and part uh, narrative, uh, all shot in Chicago, uh, where Lucchetti discovers that not only does he have a grandfather he never knew about it, but she's missing. And then it kind of goes all over from there in the style of Pink Panther. I think this one's going to be a lot of fun. All the cast and crew are probably going to be there. So it's one of those times where you really get to connect with the filmmakers and the people who make these movies. And that's what's, I think, special about going to film festivals. And it's another world premiere. What? <laughs> 
No, I'm sorry. This one's not a world premiere. It did have a screening in Canada. So this is a U.S. premiere. But mm -hmm. either way, this is the Chicago one. So come out and su support Chicago. It's an amazing lineup, uh, Cinepocalypse. Yeah. I, there's literally something for everybody. You like comedy? We got you. You like science fiction? Yep. You like horror? Of course. One of the scariest you can imagine. You like sort of intense black uh, dramas or black comedies? We got that. I mean, and then we've got an incredible mix of repertory. So I'm so proud of this festival. And and Steve, I want to thank you for your help on this. And, yeah. and, and Josh's artistic direction on it. Um, and, and the other programmers, Brad Miska and Katie Reif. Because we're gonna all going to be around. Like, honestly, film festivals are great. You're going to have filmmakers to talk to. You're going to have us, Steve and me, and some other folks who you can talk to. It's, it's, it's a special aspect of what you're going to be. Because... We're probably just going to be chilling in a lounge, which yeah. we're in right now, in between movies. And you're going to hit us up, and you're going to talk to us about all of these things and how making a festival happens. So I think you should come out. I think I'll you should take a chance. I'll be here all day, every day. So, um, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> sure. feel free to come out and uh, tell Steve and I that we have bags under our eyes and that we should go home and get some rest, which we'll say we'll do on Thursday or Friday, June 29th when yeah. it's over. Honestly, Steve, I'm going to have to figure out how to record the podcast during all of this. That's true. I don't do know it what I'm going to do. Probably earlier, what? Because I usually record the podcast on Mondays in the lounge. So what am I going to do? Maybe I'll find some some badge holders, get them yeah. to give some sound bites, and see what other filmmakers are still in town that want to talk about it. All right, Steve, I know you have to go. It's okay. So uh, okay. So uh, advanced ticket no sales notice. Well. There's another cool little festival happening. It's called the Stephen King Film Festival. It's happening on July 27th and 28th here at the Music Box Theater in partnership with Consequence of Sounds and their Losers podcast, which is all about dedicated Stephen King. And so with the Stephen King Film Festival, it's going to be nine films over two days with themed drinks, parties, or, or gatherings, events, and vendors. We're going to do a Castle Rock theme this year. Uh, passes are on sale now. This is your advance notice about that. Single tickets will be on sale in a couple of weeks, probably after Cinepocalypse when I've caught my breath um and uh the stephen king festival is going to be a lot of fun because we're going to have some we're working on the guest list of who's going to be there in terms of the films but we're going to have we're going to have uh stand by me dead zone cujo pet cemetery the mist needful things and uh, a live losers podcast recording as well as i'm forgetting the final film but it's already on our website so you can find it on our website but it's going to be all things ways to celebrate Stephen King. I think the the consequence of sound guys love have their podcast, but they were also very inspired by the David Lynch Festival that we put together, or the, the complete retrospective that Daniel Knox, one of our projectionists, created. And they were really inspired by that, and they have their podcast. So they came to us and said, "Hey, how could we collaborate and create a King Fest?" And I said, "That's a brilliant idea. Let's do something." So we found these random Friday and Saturday in July where we were free, and we put it on. Um, so. Tickets are, or passes are on sale now. Tickets coming up soon. And I think if you're a King fan, you should definitely check it out. And it's timed perfectly because the Hulu is going to uh, launch their Castle Rock uh, series. I can't remember what it's called. Is it Welcome to Castle Rock? Do you know what it is? No. The Hulu series? I think it's just called, isn't it just called Castle Rock? Isn't Maybe. It? I forget. I'm not as, I'm just too busy with Sun Apocalypse. I'm just, I'm pretty I need sure to that's get what my it's brain called. straight. <laughs> June 29th. Looking forward to it. Producer. So that's your advance yeah. notice. We're going to skip this old theater this week. So this old theater, last week we were talking about programming, and so I thought, let's continue the conversation, because I think some of you out there were very interested in learning, you know, we're kind of pulling the curtain <laughs> aside and letting you look in. But since Steve's here, and, you know, Steve's been to a million festivals, and he also programs Critics Fest, uh, is one of the programmers on it. And I, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to bring in Steve into Apocalypse, because he goes to all these festivals, he sees all these great films. What better way than to bring him into the programming team for Apocalypse? So, Steve, just, I mean, how do you describe programming? programming a film festival because it's a different it's a different beast i'm guessing it's different for every festival too because i know even between last year's sun apocalypse and this year's it was different for me because last year i did go to a bunch of festivals before sun apocalypse i mean like half the movies i saw at fantasia up in montreal in july last year we ended up booking at, at sun apocalypse because but this year it was most of what i saw ahead of time was just stuff that was submitted so it was a very different programming experience just from year to year and with the critics fest it's a combination of the two it's stuff that that we links that we get and a lot of stuff we see at sundance and south by southwest and even a little bit from this year from toronto so yeah it's just it just sort of depends on where when you fall in the year and and if you're going to festivals a lot or not that makes a big difference i mean we were both at sundance yes and were, we, were you both at, were we both at south by Southwest? i wasn't there this year yeah, no. i was at south by yeah. we were scouting Right. For, for films there at those festivals. Right. And we and we picked up, you know, our opening night film at Critics Fest was from South by. So right. so yeah, I mean it's 
and and then the thing is my like my duties for a festival are mostly at the very beginning and the and during and like so so I'm a I'm a part of for both you know, like a programmer for both and seeing a lot of things ahead of time I don't have a lot to do with the logistical part of it booking guests you know getting in touch with distributors or, right. Stay or filmmakers out of it. it's too much yeah fun. it seems really tiresome and I know it is because the guys on on the critics fest that do that yeah they're they're hard working gentlemen that uh that I do not envy in in that way but then I know like I know when the festival rolls around I try to see everything ahead of time and just so I I can be ready to jump in with a Q&A or an introduction or something and talk about what we liked about the film in the introduction, why we booked it, if there's a funny story about how we got it or how it came into us or what our initial reaction was. Um, I'm, you know, if I get to introduce a, a cop baby, uh, a baby <laughs> cop or whatever it is, I'll certainly talk about that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and it, like, I just like, I also do a lot of Q and A's during the year, a lot here at the music box outside of festivals. And so I just try to be ready to do that. And I can do a lot of those. I can wing a lot of those. So, um, so please, yeah, please book me for whatever ones you want. Um, but still, yeah, it's just, a, it's, there, there's a lot of different, I mean, what you hope to do, what happens is that it sort of, it grabs onto what you're best at. And so hopefully I'm best at sort of picking what I think people are going to like to watch at a festival. And then in the back end, like doing the Q&A that I think people will find interesting and sort of tap into what the filmmakers were trying to do and just making them feel so special. So <laughs> how do you use those skills when you're looking at submissions? Yeah, I mean, just like, I hopefully I will like it. <laughs> I okay, will like the okay. film. So first and uh, foremost, it's like... Do you like this? Yeah. As a film goer, you put yourself in the in the in the um, in the shoes of any sort of festival goer or, yeah. or ticket buyer. Yeah, and, or just yeah, just anyone that would like would read a description of this film and say that sounds like something interesting. I think I, I think I mentioned when I was here to talk about the Critics Fest that I, I do like that whole trust me attitude about like just if something sounds too weird that oh, I'm not going to like that I'm not going to be interested in that I just say please just trust me you will dig this I I think my the prime example of me ever doing that once was I filled up an entire theater full of people to watch Jodie Foster's movie The Beaver starring Mel Gibson who was not in favor uh, with people at the time and she was there so it wasn't as hard as it seemed she was I did a Q&A with her but I somehow managed to pull a bunch of people and afterwards everybody came up to me and said I am so glad you convinced me to come to this because this movie is amazing and and of course she was great but so yeah for for this film I think for genre festivals you have to, to be careful where you use those trust me but uh, uh because man sometimes it can really bite yeah, you but I, mean, I mean I think we just did it I think we did some disclaimers like, oh yeah if you like horror yeah yeah and don't mind being scared yeah. you know or if you like weirds or if you want dark black comedy you yeah. like dark dark stuff you know I think with genre I think as long as you like are up front yeah right because like you're yeah. right with like a, an international film festival or like a critics type, type festival where it's kind of like spanning all the types of movies mm-hmm. that you used to sing in a film festival, you can say, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I hope that, you know, with, with, with the Cinepocalypse, that people kind of get used to us and start kind of being okay to be, Well, that's the, that's the part of being so new is that you haven't earned that trust yet. And so you're, so from year to year, people will come out and they'll sample a few things, um, not as necessarily badge holders, but just saying, well, this sounds interesting. And, and I think honestly, a rep programming does, does a lot to further that because people will come out for those films because they know them and because we have these great guests, but they might stay for like one other film or come to the one before and like, Oh, that was really good. Actually. Like, let me go check out some more. So like, that's, that's just how it builds. It's a slow, it's a slow burn and critics fest didn't really kick in to where we started to get comfortable about people coming in until like the fourth or fifth and even this year um, was the first year we're just like, okay, we know people are going to come this year. Like, they have, they finally, like last year, I think we really just like nailed it to the point where people started coming just because they did trust us. And I think, I think this one, I think what we've got, like all the world premieres this year and, and, a, and a really strong rep programming lineup, I think that's going to help. And then, I mean, I, I, as I'm, as I'm watching a lot of the films that I didn't actually help program, I'm just like, wow, this is amazing, or oh my god, people are gonna. So, how much emphasis do you think you put on the team aspect of, of, of programming a film festival? Yeah, I mean, it's essential because I mean, as as I have discovered, we all have such different tastes. Maybe no one more than Josh. <laughs> he he sees the potential in a cop baby movie, and you know where I don't even think I would have watched it if I if someone just handed it to me and say you know, I'll give you a hundred dollars to watch this. <laughs> like, I don't think I'm like, that's nah, okay. You do not uh, need to be offered money to see Cop Baby. You will just enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying that like, I, I, like, I know what, I know what everybody's 
leanings are in terms of the kinds of films they like, I think, at this point. And, and so with, yeah. with that, you know, you have, to, you have to trust your team. It's not just kind of a straightforward thing. Like there are submissions and there are films you see at festivals. And yeah. then there are films that like people bring to you, right? Yes, less less so with the Critics Fest, but so much more so with this festival, uh, with Cinepocalypse. Uh, yeah, what's interesting about Critics Fest is we have the general rule. There are exceptions that if two of us like a film, and there are five or six programmers now, if two of us like it, we'll invite it. So it doesn't even have to be a majority or even half. It's just wow. like if two people can get behind it and like sell it to the crowd and sell it, you know, in a plot description or whatever. And and with this, I think it there was a little more to it than that. It was more of a discussion. It was, and I don't. I actually kind of like having the discussion and being able to make your case, um, and not right. just make your case that something's good, but yeah. like I, I I won't say which ones, but there are a couple films on our on the list this year that some people just didn't want and didn't see the need for, and I'm like, yeah, but people will come to this, and 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 it turns out I you know I, I watched one of them recently and it turned out to be really good, so uh, I I think the fans will you know will be pleased, but yeah, it it. it uh, I like the team aspect. I like I like the idea of a constant conversation. Uh, and I guess the other part is some of the relationships you have. As a, yeah. like some of the things that help you to be a pro, good programmers have like longstanding relationships, whether it's with the filmmakers or with yeah. distribution companies or even production companies. Yeah, I mean. We, uh, one of our programmers, Brad Miska, has a relationship with Blumhouse. Yeah. And then before we know it, Blumhouse, we, we went to Blumhouse for one film, thinking that that's the film that they would want to show in the festival. Mm-hmm. And then out of left field, they said, oh, no, but we like your festival. We think this film would yeah. be good for your festival. Would you care to world premiere? And then suddenly, out of nowhere, we're getting offered a film based on the relationship we have with a produ- yeah. production company first, or like a filmmaker. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow. You know, this this is really cool because, like, with Empathy, Inc., all right, I went to, I was asked to be on a panel to talk about uh, filmmaking and exhibition and mm-hmm. distribution, these aspects of, you know, the market right now. And there was a lot of people there. It was a really good, well-attended panel. And uh, I talked for a while, and then I was like, hey, I'm going to stop talking. Why don't you guys just talk? And then afterwards, this guy comes up to me, and he's like, hey, yeah, this is me. This is what I do and all this sort of stuff. And I'm a producer, and I've got these movies. And I said, hey, it's really great to meet you. I'm Welcome to Chicago. I know you're new. Um, we should stay in touch. And, and lo and behold, hmm. this is the producer of Empathy, Inc. Hmm. And so... You know, me just staying in touch and saying what I had and like how I wanted to make sure that, you know, people saw his movie, you know, we're world premiering it. And so those relationships, you know, are also like really important as a programmer. And and sometimes that takes time. And sometimes you don't get what you want out of those relationships yeah. because you might have a great relationship with a distribution company. And, and you know, you think that they really want to work with you on this. And then, then they surprise you. And you're like, no, we don't really want to do that. And you can't do anything about it because it's, you know, it's their movie. The, um, the uh, last year's one world premiere, Primal Rage, uh, was one that I booked because I happened to be on a set visit of a, of a film, not a genre film, but a, like a funny little comedy, uh, local, local set. And the producer, just a guy that I've known for years, uh, and he just said, oh, I'm, you know, I'm also working on this horror film if you want to see it. At some point, I'm like, I not only want to see it, I want a world premiere <laughs> if it's good. And so he eventually got me the link, and I'm like, this is going to play like gangbusters, and it did. Like, oh, it, yeah. people, people loved that movie, and people. I it's mean, about Sasquatch. Yeah, but and like, it really kills. And the so virtual practical, effect, or the practical, effect, practical special yeah. effects are amazing. Yeah, so violent, so gory, and that was the the selling point for me was that aspect of it, and. I'm like, if they can, I don't even care if it's long and boring. If they nail that part, I want it. And they did. Like, they nailed it. And, and yeah, I was so, so happy to get that. So, yeah, that, that just another, yeah, a relationship I didn't think would ever pay off in that way, but it did. So, uh, yeah. So, I guess what I'm I getting at is, you know, it's a multifaceted approach when it comes to programming a festival. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to, you got to get out there and you got to see stuff. Yeah. You got to cast a wide net, which is submissions. We used a, a site called Film Freeway, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great site where all the filmmakers come and they kind of like, they look at you and they see how you build your festival and your background and all that kind of stuff. And they can submit their work, whether it's their features or shorts. By the way, we I think we had two or three features that came out of Film Freeway and all of our shorts came out of Film Freeway. So uh, we have a pretty good selection rate. 
And then it's the relationships you build. Yeah. You know, whether it's with distributors, it's producers, or it's with the filmmakers directly. And um, I, f- I feel like every way. festival has different strengths and weaknesses in all of those places. Right. And that's why everyone I mean, not is, everybody can be Sundance, where everybody in the world... Or even SIF, just, like even uh, like, like... goes after yeah, you. Yeah, right. I mean, even SIF, which doesn't do a lot of premieres. No. But they still are able to put together a pretty solid festival year yeah. after year. And... Uh, but they just are—they're not looking for world premieres. They're looking for like established films that they saw at festivals and other places. So right. they want to bring the best cinema of yeah, the time right. or of the year, the current to, to so, Chicago yeah, diff- in I mean, that way. Different festivals have different priorities in terms of premieres and guests right. and things like that. Like again, SIF isn't like guest heavy, whereas Sundance in Toronto—that's that's what they are. Like they're yeah. like extensions of of Hollywood to a certain degree with the red right. carpet stuff. But yeah, it's just, you know, there, there is no sweeping statement you can make about any festival, how it's programmed or what you prioritize or, or how it works from year to year. But it's been sort of fun programming two completely different types of festivals and, and programming them very differently. So, and, and, you know, and I like being able to sort of maybe pull from one to help round out the other one. And, and so, Anyway, I just I'm just glad to be invited. That's basically what it no, boils we're, down we're to. We're glad to have you. I'm, Steve. I'm just happy that um, I have anything to say about it. Well, if you want to know more about programming festivals, come out to Cinepocalypse and bug myself, bug Steve Procopi, bug Josh Goldblum, bug Katie Reif, bug Brad Miska. We're the programmers behind the festival. Uh, we're happy to talk about our methods and our madness or all of those sort of things. And uh, honestly, or just come talk to the amazing filmmakers who are the ones that you're coming out for because we're going to have a ton of them here. I think there's going to be 35 or 40 over the week uh, that are going to be here uh, enjoying their time with the festival and they're really going to be inter- wanting to interact with you the festival goer I was going to say this festival more than most that I go to the filmmakers are just around yep. like they not just after their be. film but like for days after their film but and they want to be no like, I know this, like, is, that's great. this is where they want to be they want to yeah. be with the, the film goers yeah. they want to be talking shop they want to be talking like whatever uh, and, and, and they just want to be in this environment because with that's what I love about genre film festivals is there's this great dichotomy that happens between the, the, the film goer and and the filmmaker and and it's this it's this harmony almost where it's like everybody kind of wants to be there everybody wants to be interacting nobody has this glitz or glam or I need to get out of here I'm too big and I just I there's something I like about what we've created with Sin Apocalypse and I'm hoping people come out for it so June 21st to 28th we have filled up your entire <laughs> podcast with our conversation on Sin Apocalypse and hopefully educated you a little bit about the programming aspects to it. Steve, I want to thank you for being on the thank festival again. Thank you for again. having me again. Uh, we should have you back on uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. And listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in or uh, subscribing to us. We love your comments and feedback. You can rate us, of course. Rating us is good. We seem to be growing somewhat, so happy that more people are finding us. And, you know, I, I hope to meet some of you in person during the festival. And if not, always stop by the music box and say hi. Until next time, hope you have a great weekend and stay cool if you're in Chicago.